Welcome, 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 and welcome to the Unified CXM Experience. And I'm your host, Grad Khan, CXO, Chief Experience Officer at Sprinkler. You know, we don't talk too much about that word unified in front of CXM. It's unified CXM. It's, it's kind of exciting. I'm going to spend a bit more time on it the next few weeks. But unified CXM, it's a whole new category of enterprise software that Sprinkler is innovating on, but many others are, are following, following quickly. And it's based on this really simple idea that if you're going to deliver a great customer experience, you need to know everything you've done with the customer. You need to know the whole of the customer. You need to know the transactional data that they've generated with you. You need to know the behavioral data they've generated with you. That comes from systems like Adobe, Google. And you need to know the experience data they have around you. That comes from from Sprinkler across all the different social and network platforms. And so if you get that view, you can operate in a way that the customer feels like you really know them. I've used this analogy before, but I often feel like we operate in a 50 first dates model in marketing. If you've ever seen the movie 50 first dates, it's a wonderful movie, very underrated, I'd say. It's got uh, Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler in it. And Adam Sandler is, is romancing Drew Barrymore and Drew Barrymore has a brain injury. And, um, the result of that is each morning when she wakes up, she remembers nothing. So every day is a new day for her. And so for Adam Sandler, you know, every day he learns more about her as he dates her. Uh, but for Drew Barrymore, each date is like a first date, 50 first dates. And I feel like we do that in marketing. Every time I go into a store, or interact with a retailer, you know, I was just, I was just buying some graphic novels on Amazon. I love Amazon. Don't get me wrong. Amazon's amazing. So I'm not trying to criticize Amazon, but Amazon should know what graphic novels I want to read at this point. I mean, they should know, they do know the color of my underwear. Like (laughs) they know the color of my underwear. Amazon knows everything about me. There's no reason why I have to be specific on my searches, Uh, but I still have to be really specific and still have to get recommendations from others. It's, um, Something's not quite right. It's still too much amnesia in marketing. If you get a unified CXM system in place, you get rid of the amnesia. It's a um, non-amnesic marketing system. There's something there, actually. I might play with that a bit. Randy, make a note of that. No more amnesia. Hmm, something there. Maybe there's some word like marketing plus amnesia. Markinesia? (laughs) Okay. 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 Now I get, okay. I'm seeing the wave off on that one. No problem. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. Amnesia ting. No, no, I decided either. Uh, all right. So I have two stories I want to talk about today. And today I want to talk about two great examples of customer experience. One's a, a more of a packaging innovation, which is so glaringly and blindingly obvious. I, I feel like the people who came up with it and sent it out into the world, must have been smack on their heads the entire time wondering why in gosh name did we not think of this a million years ago. <laughs> so I'm going to take you through that. That's a great example of, I think, great customer experience, but expressed through packaging and in a, a pretty, just so incredibly clever. It's just, it's just, it's wonderful. So I'm going to do that one first. And then the second one is um, my favorite brand, Lego. Uh, everyone knows I'm a Lego fanatic. 
And it's just a great story. It made a, it circulated, it was a, an ink story, and it circulated through the networks about a week or so ago. And you may have read the story or seen it if you're following all this kind of stuff on Twitter or whatever, but I am going to go through it just briefly because I think it's a fantastic story and just reinforces everything I love about Lego. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a motion available to all of us. You know, we don't, we may not make plastic bricks, but we, we all do things with customers and this is just customer interaction, um, from a company that, you know, sells stuff and we could all be doing this and Lego, when Lego does it, we all go, of course, Lego. But that's just because we've come to expect that from them. Uh, we should be expecting it from all of us. So let me do my uh, story first of what I think is packaging brilliance, perhaps. We're probably familiar uh, with the product Bisquick. So Bisquick, uh, if, you're, if you're not aware of Bisquick, it's a product from Betty Crocker, uh, and it is a pancake mix. Um, they come in different flavors and stuff, but the kind of classic Bisquick is a buttermilk pancake mix. And you can you know, use it to make other things as well. Bisquick is a pretty magical thing, and you can use it to make waffles and all sorts of other things. But classically, people use Bisquick to make pancakes. And you just mix it with water and bam, pancakes. It's, and it's delicious, and everybody loves it. The only thing about Bisquick is it comes in a box. And you got to mix it in a bowl. You got to add, I know, I know, I know this sounds crazy, but I think, I think just generally speaking, as things get more and more convenient, even the concept of pulling a bowl out and pouring stuff into it and you know, usually spilling some of it and then putting some water in and mixing it up and then pouring it in and then having to clean the bowl. It's just, it's just, it's just that extra step that, you know, maybe we're not having pancakes as often as we could be. And so my, uh, my lovely fiance uh, came home the other day with just pure delight and excitement in her eyes. Um, she loves pancakes. She loves making pancakes. She's very good at making pancakes. Um, she uses Bisquick all the time. And she showed me the most amazing packaging innovation. So what they've done, and this cost a penny. Like that, I know how much it costs to make these things. So this is about a penny of cost. So it didn't radically change their costs. What they did is they took Bisquick, and instead of putting it in a box... They put it into a plastic jug, and it's it's shaped. It's got a kind of it's got a curvy shape, so you can kind of put your hand in the middle of it and hold it hold it really well. So it's got a nice uh, human uh, architecture to it. So you can it's a nice UI on the bottle, and um, you can see from the label that this is a very modern type of bottle because it's. The label is imprinted into the bottle. That means that the label was applied to the bottle when the bottle was being vacuum-formed. So, uh, and then they, what they typically do is they'll put these bottles into a case. And so there's a, a thing called in-case filling, where all the bottles are filled at the same time in a case. So it came from a high-volume production line. I'm just looking at this right now, and these pancakes look delicious, actually. It's like they've got like a sort of four-stack of buttermilk pancakes, really beautifully browned. Uh, with uh, strawberries, a little sprig of basil, and some blueberries, and then um, a, a bit of butter. You can see kind of under the edge, and then syrup drizzling down on three sides. It's um, compelling. Uh, anyway, so they they took Bisquick, and they took it out of the box, and they stuck it into a bottle. And the bottle's only half full. There's a bottle half full of Bisquick. And what you do is you open the bottle, you pour the water in the bottle, Close the bottle, shake it, 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 
and then you pour straight from the bottle into the frying pan pancakes. Now, <laughs> so, and to make a bottle like this, the bottle like this is usually about a cent in volume. So it's just like so freaking obvious. Like it's, it's like, and I'm sure that they've got a little bit less Bisquick in there than they normally put in the box. I mean, I can't even tell anymore. I've completely broken the cost price comparison. So it's cause it's just, it's just a completely different form factor. But what they did is they eliminated the step of pouring into a bowl. They eliminated the step of pouring in the water into the bowl. They eliminated the mixing in the bowl. So they've eliminated the cleaning of a bowl. They've eliminated the cleaning of a spoon. And they've eliminated the cleaning of the counter, which probably gets a bit of Bisquick dust on it. And, and once you make it, you can put it back in the refrigerator. You don't have to use it all at once. So you can pull it out the next day and go shake it, shake it, shake it, and pour more. So you can actually just have like pancakes on demand for the weekend. It's freaking brilliant. Like it is so, it's, it's, it is so beautifully simple and so incredibly brilliant and so smart. I got to take my hat off to whoever came up with this at Betty Crocker. You are a genius. And I hope they gave you a giant giant rays because um it was a really great idea so uh just add water bisquick shake and pour okay so that's my first and i think that's a great example of customer experience because suddenly i'm gonna use a lot more bisquick and have a really good time doing it and be grateful to bisquick for thinking this thing through just super smart okay let's move on to lego so um there's a the title of the article uh, in ink is a customer discovered their $350 Lego set was missing pieces. The company's response was brilliant. So I'm, always, I'm not going to read the whole article. In fact, I'd encourage you to search for it and, and uh, read it. Um, but it goes on a little bit about Lego. Uh, and then um, someone named John bought the uh, Mos Eisley Cantina set at Target. By the way, I do not have this particular set. Intent. And uh, do really want this set. The most Eisley Cantina set is highly desirable, very hard to find. Hint, hint. Uh, so, um, and it's got a 400-page instruction book. It's like, it's pretty awesome. So, uh, and so he bought this and he, he opened it up and he was missing a whole bag. Uh, sometimes you miss a piece or two, uh, but he missed an entire bag. And so, um, uh, which is actually kind of unusual. Bag number 14 was missing from the set. So he uh, just went onto the Lego website and said he's missing the bag. And actually, if you if you are an experienced Legoer, you'll know that you can order missing pieces pretty easily and you can order pieces. Just like sometimes pieces break, sometimes that's pretty rare. But I once dropped a whole space shuttle on the ground and I twisted and broke a couple pieces. So I got replacements for that. Um, and you can get you can get sort of pieces that you need. So Lego's amazing that way. And they'll send like an individual piece like in an envelope to you in the mail. It's, it's actually incredible. Uh, so he sent a note saying he was missing the bag and then he got a reply from Lego customer service. And so they he actually posted the email that they sent him. And um, I'm going to read the email to you because the magic of this entire thing is not that they gave him the bag, which they did, obviously, because Lego's been doing this for a long time. And it's not that they replied to him, which Lego always does. Um, but, you know, it's uncommon still. Like You still have lots of really weird customer service experiences that, that kind of go wrong. And I'm going to talk about one from Apple in a second. It was very surprising. And then, um, and then, you know, it was just, it's just done with a little bit of smile. And it's the smile that I think makes these things really work. So Lego customer service, dear John, I could end in a very bad situation. It's a dear John letter. So dear John, thanks for getting in touch with us and providing that information. 
exclamation mark. I am so sorry that you are bis- missing bag 14 from your most likely cantina. Here's where it gets fun. This must be the work of Lord Vader. <laughs> okay. And they keep going. Fear not, for I have hired Han to get that bag right out to you. Your order number is blah, 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 and will be arriving in the next seven to 10 days or less than the 12 parsecs. <laughs> have a bricktastic day and may the force be with you. Smiley face. Um, just awesome. Just awesome. You know, I just, that just, it's just a little bit like you can just have fun with this. And uh, whoever, I don't know if this is something that's trained in the system or someone just did it, um, but it's a pretty impressive email and took what could be a pretty disappointing situation and turned it into something quite delightful. And so uh, kudos to John for publishing it. Kudos to Lego uh, for all their great work and for continuing to do amazing things uh, in the area of customer experience. So here's a, here's a, here's a, and then those are kind of two highlights. Here's a low light. So I had a really odd experience with Apple this week, and I don't know how to feel about it. Uh, so my lovely fiance, uh, Rachel, um, has a pair of Apple AirPod Max headphones, uh, which I actually got her as a gift. And they, they're engraved with her, with her nickname on them. And, um, and they're her favorite color. And there's like a big deal getting these. And they just don't work. They don't connect via Bluetooth to her laptop and she uses it for school. And so they're kind of useless when they don't connect. Um, and it's not the laptop because I have a, a, a different pair, a different color and different nickname. And they uh, connect really easily all the time. So it's, it's the headphones, not the laptop. She actually goes into the Apple store presents them with the problem. They're like, yeah, no problem. So, you know, good experience there. Um, we'll get back to you. They take them. And then a few days later, they arrive back in the mail. Now, here's where it kind of gets weird. She gets the box in the mail and she opens it up. And what's interesting is, and she made this comment to me. She said, you know, it didn't feel like an Apple box. The, the box that they returned the headphones in, it was not the same build quality as a box you would purchase these in. And I think it's their special return, low cost return boxes, but it's very interesting. It's the first thing she noticed. She's like, I don't, I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. And Apple's created a real persona around the unboxing and around the quality of the boxes. And these are not very expensive things. These are still pennies. And by cheaping out on the repair box, it made the headphones feel cheaper. So that's a big watch out. It was a very interesting insight to me because you've got to, just because the item is being returned or being repaired doesn't mean it's less valuable. In fact, if anything, don't you want to have trumpets surrounding it? Ta-da-da-da, we fixed your thing. It's beautiful again. Like that, like it feels like you want to celebrate that. And um, I was like, uh, um, I was like, yeah, it's weird. It's kind of like, it's kind of a weird cheap box and kind of just paper inserts to kind of hold it. And it was, it was held well, so it was, wasn't jostling around. So it was functionally strong, but it was, it was, you know, the experience of it and the feel of it was very weak. So she opens the box. First thing she noticed is that the headband that goes across the top, somehow she'd gotten it dirty. I don't know. Um, she touches everything, so who knows. But um, and they had said they would clean it, and they didn't clean it. So it's still dirty. And it was and it's a mesh, so it's really hard to clean. And so that was kind of disappointing that they'd already 
already one thing that we're going to fix didn't get fixed. And then she looks at it and she kind of turns the box over and she's like, uh, so the way these headphones work is that they have two ear pads, one for right, one for left. And the ear pads are a pretty significant part. Like if you buy them separately, they're like a hundred dollars. And then the ear pads snap in magnetically into sort of this docking mechanism, which is where the sound comes from. Um, but they, and then you can, but the beauty of it is you can remove the ear pads and put new ones in when they wear out or if they get dirty or something like that happens. So she opens the box and they didn't return the ear pads. <laughs> so she, so they're no longer functional. They're not even working headphones anymore. And she doesn't even know, if, I mean, she can't even test to see if they're working or connecting better. And they basically, the note, if you read it, you had to read it a few times to understand it. But basically what the note said is we couldn't find anything wrong. So basically your experience, your negative experience saying that it's not connecting, we're not buying it. That's kind of what they said. It's just a shocking Apple experience. I just never, I just, <laughs> I was, we looked at each other dumbfounded. Like, I don't even know what to say. And I actually said to her, I'm really sorry. And she goes, why are you sorry? <laughs> I said, I don't know. I just feel really bad right now, even though I had nothing to do with this, but I just feel really badly. It made me, it made me sad for humanity. It was just, it was like awful. You know, here's your headphones. They're still broken. We couldn't find anything wrong with them. We didn't bother cleaning them. And oh, by the way, we stole half of them and you don't, you can't use them anymore. It's like, wow. And in order to kind of get this remediated, um, which I think she's on the path to remediation, she had to call and then she had to explain it. And of course the Apple rep, it took forever to even explain to the Apple person on the phone what had happened because they couldn't really believe it. Like they just, and then I think they're kind of like, yeah, sure. You lost the ear pads. Like the whole thing is just like, I sure Uh, so I think the coaching on this one is, Hey, if you're, if you're going to take someone's, uh, merchandise back to repair it or fix it, return it in better condition than you found it and return it from a packaging standpoint in a more exciting package than you found it. Make people feel like this is better than new. Uh, if you return it broken, dirty, and in a scuzzy little package, just somehow degrades the overall quality of the product. It doesn't feel the same anymore. It's a very interesting experience. So uh, that's it for today. I do have a couple of other ones I want to talk about, but I'm going to save those for the future. I've got a very interesting FAO Schwartz story and uh, a bit of coaching on that one for our friends at FAO Schwartz. Super disappointing. And then... Um, I've got some other uh, cool ones that we'll talk about as well. But for today, I'm going to wrap. This is the Unified CXM Experience. I'm your host, Grad Khan, CXO at Sprinkler, and I'll see you next time.